We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming a Sunday night. It'll be April 24th by the time you start listening to this. And I am joined by Kyle Tige from Score North to give some, I guess, instant reactions uh, from from Game 4. Kyle, uh, I'd be lying if I said I didn't kind of use halftime to prepare a <laughs> thank you everyone for listening all season. and. <laughs> At all of those sort of things, but uh, I was wrong. Uh, we are going back to Denver for Game Five. The the Wolves pull it out in overtime. Uh, what do you got for me? There we go. I didn't know we we weren't sitting by each other tonight, so I was a row ahead of you. Uh, so I'm just going to tell you this now because I had nothing left in the tank after we already had the funeral on Friday. Yes. I spent halftime sitting in my seat and I made the 10 greatest moments of the season list. <laughs> uh, so I was ready we'll to, st- we could still get to that. I was going to spin this into uh again, the funeral had already happened. So I was like, this was maybe like the little thing you do after the funeral where you go eat like little cakes and stuff at the church. Uh, I, I mean, wh- I, where do you start? But I mean, you start and end at the same place. And that's with the kid that we just kind of <laughs> slobbered all over 48 hours ago. Uh, Anthony Edwards is, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's the same stuff I've said for nine months and I've said it for two and a half years. It's like, he's, he's 21. He, on nights like tonight, uh, you know, obviously before we even get down that road, like Nicole Jokic was fantastic. 40 point game. Just his command of the floor is awesome. But there were just so many times again tonight against the one seed, a team that almost won, you know, just won a ton of games in the regular season. Ant was the best player on the court. <laughs> and in that third quarter, when it was kind of like, I think they fell down nine, right? You started to really prep what you're going to say to the listeners and thank them for a great season. And he just, as he said, post game, he's like, I, I can't, I'm going to have a long career in this league and it's going to have probably a lot of different accolades. And he's like, one of the things I don't want on my resume is I don't want to be swept. Let me, uh, let me play that clip for you. Oops, hold on, hold on. We're here. This is we're we're recording here at uh it's, at it is, uh, it's also one one thirty a.m. right now. So uh, there there was there was multiple ant uh ant we can't get 
swept quotes, but uh, I'll uh, remember how we we talked after the last game about Ant sitting at his locker, yeah. staring into kind of the abyss, and and he was asked about uh, what was going through his head in that moment, and and what came out of that. I thought this was a a cool answer too. And last night after the game, you're kind of telling your teammates, "Hey, this," or get after game three, you're telling, "Hey, this isn't over. They got to win four. Like, how did you try to set a tone for these guys and just like keep? Them I mean, going? I mean, that's just that's just the truth. Um, I mean, it's not it's three zero. I mean, you got to win one more game to, to send us home. And I was just telling the truth. I mean, they still got to win one, one more game to go home, and we got another chance to win another game and come back to Minnesota. So, I mean, I take pride in. Uh, I didn't want to say I, I got swept. I don't ever want to say I got swept in my in my career, so um, I, I definitely took it personally tonight. Maybe a little uh, last dance hat tip there. With I, I I took that I took that personal. I mean, Kyle, Kyle he did like uh, I, I you know the first two games or maybe the first six quarters of this series, uh, he took a tertiary tertiary role uh, in in this whole kind of series and the plan. And, you know, they try to get cat going early and then, and then Ant did, you know, come out particularly in the second half of game two and then in game three and in game four and looked like a player who is not okay with getting swept, you know, even, I mean, they know, they know the odds are long. Um, and I, and I didn't know coming into tonight, like what were we going to get in terms of, you know, this, it is 3-0. Is this team checked out? Like there, there was there was the possibility, right, coming into this, or we were considering it. Like, what are we going to get from this team on a Sunday um, when there's not a lot there, or th- not that there's not a lot to play for, but it's long odds. And uh, I'm, I am impressed by that. Like it took to the second half for them to really catch a rhythm, but it it by no means was a wave the white flag. You never got that vibe, really at all uh, for the whole night. And when we talk about the million different identities of this team over the course of the season, I think a lot of those identities during the season would have come into this game and, and wave the white flag and, you know, acknowledge the fact that they didn't know who they are. This team, um, I don't think they know who they are, but I think they have a better idea than, than they did, you know, a month ago, uh, better than they did, two weeks ago when the play-in started and even better than they did 48 hours ago after, after game three. So I think that ties back into the, what I think was being missed in this playoff series was that idea that there can be, there is real value in the playoffs for the young players, uh, for a player like Anthony Edwards. And it was feeling after Denver, right? Like, are we even going to really feel that value? And, and I think game three and game four, if nothing else, provide us that note that Anthony Edwards is again getting value out of the playoffs and have done that twice by the time he's 21, even if it ends up being bounced in the first round twice. Uh, I, I think that's that's meaningful, like in a in a real way in terms of the big picture of of this team and the big picture of of Anthony Edwards. There there are a lot of teams over the years, NBA teams, that have far better chemistry and are probably far better coached and I don't or execute better and are more enjoyable to watch and do have all their picks and stuff that are down 3-0 that 
just completely are like they know that they know what the math says. They know what the odds are, right? Like they just completely of all the times that you're like, you know what? I think the Wolves should can just lose this game and we're all going to be kind of fine with it. That would have been tonight, right? <laughs> I mean, and not to we hang banners for I mean, you hang a banner for this win, I guess if you want, but like from the micro it's just you could have just lost and had a couple, you know, jokes Monday morning and everyone would have just forgotten about you. Yeah, that's what it would have been a forgettable season, the most frustrating season I can remember. But it does. It comes back to this kid who, when I really started, when I really got into like covering this team, there was a time that he got drafted or the building up to that draft. And I'll just never forget whether it be the the Jordan Crawford comps or the Dion Waiter comps <laughs> or that that infamous ESPN hit piece about just questioning if he has any passion for the game. Uh it goes back to maybe I might have only been right about one thing in the seven years I've done this, but that this stuff matters. Like this shit really matters. I think you just kind of echoed that too. It's like, we didn't know a month ago what this team really had. We didn't know who you could go to war with. I mean, we saw, yeah, we saw six fun games against the Grizzlies, but you know, was that a flash in the pan? Whatever. You're seeing it again. Like this kid just, and it's not just his performance on the court. It, what his 18 point or whatever third quarter, the, multiple times that he wants the ball. He said after the or he said after the game he's like, I wasn't passing <laughs> in that in that overtime shot that he hit to kind of ice the game. Uh and this might sound really sappy or hallmark, but it's it was actually the stuff after the final whistle when he's getting interviewed on TNT and it's like, dude, you you're you are him. You are Himothy. Like you are that guy. And all he wants to do is talk about Nikhil. And all he wants to do is talk about Rudy. Uh I mean, he had so many good things to say about Nikhil uh, on the court after the game. And I know he had some really good things to say about Nikhil uh, in the locker room after the game. Oh, we we uh, we asked Nikhil after the who we should talk about Nikhil. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to him in a who second. Has, I mean, talk about crazy developments for oh, just even over the past two weeks since Jaden punched the wall. I mean, what Nikhil <laughs> has, you know, been able to do for real is like be. Hey. What a fucking sentence that is. I'm so sorry. It's like ever since Jaden punched the concrete. Oh, this ant has a, a good sentence. You might be able to pick up here in the background too. Uh, when, after Nikhil was asked. Volume up. Those two big threes that he hit. You walk away from a game like this. Are you, are you thinking about the two threes that you hit? Or are you thinking about the defense you played on? Nikhil, Evan, from, from start to finish. Gorilla I'm just, I'm just thinking about the game, man. Honestly, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it's winning. And, you know, winning plays are going to look different every game. Every game is different. Um, and especially after tonight, we expect them to make adjustments. And we got to make adjustments. And we just got to be ready. I really just wanted the listeners to to hear Nikhil Alexander-Walker talk about the adjustments that they're going to make between <laughs> games four and five. This team is goofy, man. This team is goofy. Um, Stop the podcast and run the, click the 30-second back button and go listen to that again. That, but that, but it really, it, that that's what that kid is all about. He he said post game when he was getting interviewed on TNT that apparently they all had a pizza party last night at Carl's house, mm-hmm. and Aunt was again. It, it sounds so sappy, but you see it in the moment. I, I was we were doing we went live me and Phil after the game, and like to get into the game a little bit. Obviously, the Wolves go up twelve, and Ant hits that step or that kind of fade away, and that's like game. Right. If you're any if you're one of the other 49 states that has a professional basketball team or whatever, like but not in Minnesota. And then all of a sudden, it's just not a 12 point lead. 
But during that collapse, historic collapse, Nikhil had a shot in the corner that would have iced it. And when it the shot went up, everyone's like, what are you doing shooting the ball? I mean, let's just be honest. Like, we can you should talk about his defense because you see it better than I do, but he was an absolute dog running around chasing Jamal Murray. But he had that shot in the corner to ice the game. It's like, you should not be taking the shot with a minute and a half left. And he seemed so confident with it. And you could see down the baseline that like he was really like bummed. <laughs> He's like, this could have been a moment for me. Podium game non. Like I I I messed it up. So they go into overtime. And then he hits two threes from the exact same corner and he doesn't even flinch. Yep. And Ant and you know, Jaden or Nas or Carl Rudy, we have all these stories about all these guys throughout the season. That kid's story is also really cool because he's just 24 and he hasn't really been given a chance. And I'll tell you what, as frustrating as this playoff run has been or as the season, I bet you Nikhil Alexander Walker is happy they made this the playoffs. Yeah. And they've had five games to kind of. Well, to the like not having Nas and Jaden get the playoff experience and how, I mean, Finch talked about that a little bit after the game too of like, you know, that's the real bummer of this is that Nas and Jaden aren't getting this play. That's how we pivoted a question about Ant and the value of getting it. Um, it is. It is invaluable to these guys in their early 20s or just players who haven't been there before. Like, and it is a it's in many ways a different game in in the playoffs in terms of the fouling or just in terms of or the fouls that are called or the minutes you're playing the. I mean, you can't, as evidenced by blowing that 12-point lead, like you you can't really take 90 seconds in a playoff game to catch your breath if it's against a good team because they will take a lead or eat up a lead. And um, and I think that as we you know reflect on the past 24 months with Ant, um, that's what Andrew Wiggins never really got, right? That's what Carl got the Jimmy year for a, a minute. Um, there is, and you know, we, I, you know, ripped a lot on, on Conley and the move and everything. We said we did the funeral last game, but part of the reason, I mean, they thought the Rudy thing would work better than it did, but part of the motivation for making the Gobert trade in the way that it would benefit Ant was the idea that it kind of guarantees that they make the playoffs, right? And that Ant and the other young players get that experience. And if nothing else, um, that is for sure coming out of the season. I don't know if you have the clip, but he said that after the game in in the media thing. Uh, he said he's like, I credit to the Timberwolves for putting the right guys around me so that I could yeah. uh, make it this far. Now, I don't know who paid him to say that <laughs> because I don't agree. But I mean, he, he was really I mean, his his postgame stuff up at the podium was like, again, crediting his teammates, but also crediting Finch for continuously putting him in spots to be able to take game-winning shots, right? Or to take those, you know, to have the trust in a modern-day basketball, you know, style that, like, he's like, if Ant wants to take a step back mid-range J, like, we we empower him to do so because we just know that, I mean, that third quarter was special. That third quarter was, I mean, that, that was their last hope. I mean, it wasn't really the fourth. It was like, you could see the lead slipping. It got down to nine. It was just like the, the environment in the arena was terrible, which totally makes sense. Uh, and he just, again, time after time, finds a way to hit a three, do some theatrics, right? Like, look at the crowd, like, try to hype them up. I mean, there was a there was a moment where they, maybe it was after that step back where, he, like, everyone goes to the huddle, and he, he walks to 
Mark Laurie, he like tries to go four rows into the stands and like his brother sits. His brother sits right behind Laurie. That's, That's who it was. Okay, he always walks over that way. And Bubba, his uh, his brother, uh, sits there behind there and like he and that, that, that's that, I'm glad you brought that up because like that is like a focal point for him when things are going well is that spot. It's about twelve seats in off off the baseline center court a row up, and he's always looking at Bubba. And uh, again, he just it's why Kevin Garnett has no other reason than to start tweeting about this team again. I think he sees something in that kid yeah. that he had, that he knows that this is a special basketball town. This is a special basketball community. And on a Sunday night, after we already had the funeral, and it's kind of cold, and everyone's got to get up tomorrow, that place was still rocking. I mean, there wasn't as many empty seats as I thought there would be. And the people that showed up just covered all those seats by being hella loud and, and backing them up. And thank God they didn't blow that 12-point lead because I have never in my life witnessed that. Like, I, I, I don't I'm gonna have to watch the game or something. I don't know. Like, it was 12, and then it was not 12. Right. And then it was like, Ant's got a shot to win this thing. He kicked the ball or whatever and then goes to overtime. So, but yeah, shout out to Nikhil Alexander-Walker too because, like, if, if basketball did the soccer thing where they traced, like, how many miles you ran in a 90-minute match, no one ran more than Nikhil. I mean, that, that, that's the type of stuff that, like, is you can't box score hunt. If you didn't miss, if you didn't watch the game, don't look at the box score. I think Nikhil had eight points or whatever. Dude, he's just constantly doing all the dirty stuff. And that has to be so frustrating to be like, I'm going to bust my ass running around Jamal. I mean, he held Jamal Murray in check. I think Jamal had 19 yeah, points. Eight, eight of 21 for Murray, uh, two for seven from three, 19 points. I mean, that's why, like, defense, right? It's, uh, it is a process and it does require the eye test um, because I think, and even, you know, Denver people would say this, that Nikhil Alexander Walker was doing a good job on Jamal Murray yeah. in games one yeah. through three yet, you know, Murray was still getting his. And, and that's one of the things I've come to really like grow to appreciate about Nikhil's game is like the process and attention to detail. And the idea that if I do, my job consistently in time that will kind of shake out in the numbers. And I, I've talked about this like a little bit before in terms of, I remember I did with Malik Beasley a lot. Like Malik wasn't a, like a big guy necessarily defensively, but he was athletic. And I think what held him back from being a strong defender was that in his head, or at least what it looked like to me was Malik Beasley thought good defense was when he got a steal block or deflection. And that was it. And, and those were the times he celebrated. And those were the times like I did it. And and oftentimes, you know, in the basketball we played growing up, like it kind of was that like team concept isn't that important. But in the NBA. Defense is the process and it's it's the effort to on all 21 shots, the guy you're guarding takes not necessarily blocking them, but making them difficult. And and I think Nikhil Alexander Walker does. that. I think Jade McDaniels does that. And and that is what is required to be a high level on ball defender, point of attack defender. And and if nothing else, yeah, like you we said from from this playoff run, if there's one thing that I've just changed my opinion on most dating back even to the play in is Nikhil Alexander Walker and what what he can just be as a player, but also what he could uh, potentially be, you know, maybe long term here uh, in Minnesota, because. There's been a lot of times in this series 
where I've been like, man, what if you had both Nikhil and Jaden on the floor, okay. right? And Ant, right? Right, like, yeah. I, that like imagine that Imagine that Mavericks uh, like sequence to end oh, the yeah. game, right? Where it's like Kyrie and Luka versus Ant and Jaden. Like, imagine if the Mavs threw out, I don't know, I guess Dirk as their third. It's like, <laughs> yeah, we'll just put Nikhil on him. So, I, I mean, honestly, and it's something that fans do. I, I'm guilty of it, but you do kind of cling to some of the, like, the fringe guys. And again, I remember when we did this in October, we'd always say small sample size, then we'd drink. I know it's a small sample size with Nikhil because he's only been here for, you know, two months. But, like, I've come away being like, oh, that dude is not a, not a, not a foundational piece of the franchise, but he's not a guy you can let go. And you have his restricted free agency this summer. It's like you get to kind of control the shots. But you add, I mean, he, what a trade that was, right? I mean, as much as we have kind of talked about Tim Conley, like, to pull off that move at the deadline to get also to like Mike Conley tonight, he had 19 points, eight assists. I think he had one turnover. He, he, I don't know if he called it, but he banked in that three. That was like kind of a season saving three because they had no offense at late in the overtime. So, and he also said, it's all right for the players to play call of duty tonight, the young guys. So he's, expanding his his horizons <laughs> once he actually said that's what they all did last night i think he's like you know maybe that was maybe that is what we need to be doing is if just track the pack didn't just follow the wolves over to carl's house last night to play call of duty like imagine just all playing call of, you're like mike conley you're my age and you're hanging out with 21 year olds playing call of duty the night before an elimination game he uh i i'm really sad that mike conley was not a timberwolf earlier yeah. because he uh on the court too i mean he just hits some big shots. He's a super like emotional guy. Like you really see it in him. Right. I think he kind of sees that, you know, he's not going to have a lot more opportunities like this, but yeah, I mean the Nikhil thing is as good as Ant was. I, I kind of ride with what Ant said post game is that Nikhil was the MVP of that game. Uh, I think a younger version of me would have been like Nikhil had one steal and no blocks. What do you mean? He was great defensively. You just got to watch him work. And he just made every shot that Jamal Murray took who Jamal Murray has been awesome this whole series. He made him work on both ends of the court. Uh, he kept people honest. And as bad as that three was, while well, the collapse was happening in regulation, I think it just says something about that dude or what he believes his teammates think of him, that he was not afraid to take another one and take another one. And he had six huge points in overtime that kept this thing going. Uh, you mentioned Carl at the the pizza party they had at Carl's house. Uh, I want to I want to talk a little bit more about Carl. Let's grab our uh, let's grab our first break and then uh, get into Cat, uh, who had a very different matchup in in this game. Today's show is brought to you by Land and Lore. And did you know that research shows looking tired negatively affects your ability to be successful? As if life wasn't hard enough, right? But a study in the Sleep Journal found that individuals who were perceived as tired were less approachable than others. So good luck getting that raise, that girl or guy or that prospect you're trying to land if people don't want to be around you. But don't worry, Land and Lore has you covered. At Land and Lore, they created products designed to wake your face up. So if you spent all night watching reruns of Ant putting it on Gabe Vincent or Pat Bev dancing on the scorer's table, they got you covered. And as fans of the Timberwolves, they know life isn't full of highlights, so they have one for you. Use promo code 20 caveman at checkout on amazon.com to get 20% off their two best items, the face cleanser and moisturizer. That's 20 caveman for 20% off land and lore face cleanser and moisturizer when you purchase on Amazon. Today's show is brought to you by Hyacinth Restaurant in St. Paul. I've been telling you all season about Hyacinth with their amazing food and warm, inviting atmosphere. 
And with the sun starting to come out, this is the perfect time to check out Hyacinth. Hyacinth does partner with local farms and their chefs visit the Metro Farmers Markets four times a week as these markets open back up. So you know that no matter when you are eating at Hyacinth, you are having the freshest and most vibrant food Minnesota has to offer. St. Paul does have the reputation for being the sleepier of the two Twin Cities. And just like the Wolves are trying to change the narrative around their organization, Hyacinth wants your help to change the narrative about St. Paul. Hyacinth is also offering a $10 gift card for every reservation made after 8 p.m. So to receive your gift card, make a reservation on their website at hyacinthstpaul.com and you will receive the gift card on arrival. Limit one gift card per party and you must follow through with your reservation. So no show, no gift card. And then finally, Hyacinth is happy to announce the return of their sidewalk patio beginning Tuesday, May 16th. What started as a pandemic pivot has become a tradition at the restaurant. Reservations specifically for outdoor dining can also be made at their website, which is again, hyacinthstpaul.com. That's three more reasons to try out Hyacinth and St. Paul, a restaurant that has become a favorite of mine in the Twin Cities. All right, we are back uh, with Kyle Tige here. Uh, Kyle, we, we've talked about Nikhil and Ant, who really, you know, at least in terms of recency bias, they're the, the last thing we kind of saw in this game, Nikhil hitting those shots, Ant doing what he did. Uh, at the end of regulation, Carl wasn't out there uh, to to close the game because he did foul out. But I I don't think Carl had a bad game. Uh, they did switch him back onto Jokic in in this matchup after Gobert had kind of guarded him for the second half of game two and all of game three. And I was kind of like, what? Why are we, why is this happening? And you look at Jokic's stat line. And, you know, Jokic had 40 or whatever. But I think that strategy worked. And and it kind of, by having Cat or if it's Anderson on Jokic and when Rudy's in that sort of lurking spot, it in ways sort of makes it so Jokic can't really do his getting everyone else involved type of thing. And, yeah. and I think they're... And Jokic is an incredible scorer, as he as he was tonight. It's a, it's the obvious pick your poison, but that might be the better poison with Jokic is is to let him not let him be a scorer. You know, you want to make it hard. I thought Carl did that uh, at times too, uh, but I I think as I ripped Finch for that decision to put Carl on Jokic in in game one, and I thought that had a impact on Carl mentally what he did offensively. And I think Finch saw that too, but still went back to it again. And uh, Carl took on that matchup and overall played a game where, despite falling out, I don't think he really got, certainly didn't get anywhere near as rattled as he did in game one or in that first quarter of, of game two. And I think he, I think he deserves some credit there. I mean, I think I've been pretty critical of Carl. I think the whole fan base has me. I think people have been really critical of Carl, but I also kind of coincide with what you said. Like, I thought he played a pretty good game. I didn't love, like, I think it was through three and a half quarters, he didn't have a three-point attempt. <laughs> the only one he made was when Mike got fouled and it didn't actually count. He did go over two, but he didn't have a three. He wasn't looking for, for a shot much. I think he might only finish with, like, nine shot attempts. Um, but I also thought, too, I know straight voltage. I know all that stuff, but I also thought he just this was one of the most physical basketball games I've ever seen. I don't know about you, but I thought the fifth fall on Aaron Gordon was really soft. 
when like Gordon was trying to get post position. Um, the one that Carl falls out on when Rudy kind of tips the ball. And I mean, yes, Carl has his hand on his back. Those are kind of two. But yeah, for the most part, I thought it's crazy to say this because you're looking at the box score. But I did write down in my phone, like that might be how you beat Denver is you just Jokic only had two assists, I think, with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. He finished with six, but he had two assists with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Like, oh. They just made him be in, like, work on offense. All his other teammates didn't get a lot of shots. They weren't really in the, the flow. I mean, that's, a, again, because Mike and Nah are chasing guys around, but there's like, hey, we're just going to make you score. And I don't I mean, you, he had 43 points on a really efficient shooting, five for eight from three, but I don't know having watched him in games like not against the Timberwolves, I don't know if that's what he wants to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like going forward, if, if the Nuggets do kind of close this out, that might be like a little tape that other teams look at. I don't think Jokic wants to take 26 shots. <laughs> I think he would much rather have 14 assists than 43 points. So credit to Carl. I thought Carl was in his face a lot. I mean, obviously they would kind of go then throw Rudy on him. They tried Kyle a little bit in the first half. Did not work. That's just demoralizing. <laughs> Um, also Kyle left the game with what looked like a pretty bad eye injury. So we have no, I mean, just to kind of chop this up now, I don't think we have any idea of what Kyle's status is. We'll find out tomorrow, but yeah, uh, all Finch said is he saw an eye specialist, like, which was probably Ant, but, uh, <laughs> it, he, he did take a nasty blow there from another teammate that wasn't Rudy, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, again, to kind of thinking back to that first half, um, I think Kyle Anderson is hands down the greatest free agent signing in Timberwolves franchise history. He had just another stinker of a game. Yeah. He had like there was that one sequence where they he had back to back turnovers and then Torian Prince at the third. Like he just hasn't really been in the flow. He did hit a three, but hasn't been a good series for him. And again, when it's not a good series for Kyle, you just have to get more from Carl, right? Because you're pretty much without Nas playing like a three man rotation of big guys. Uh so again, it's kind of weird to be like, hey, Carl played pretty good defense against Jokic who had 43, 11, and 6, but I actually thought he did. Yeah, no, I, I, I did too. To the Kyle point, um, one question I had going into the series was him at the three. And again, off the top of my head, I'd have to go look at it, but I put that in my notes that that has been kind of wonky. Like you, it's kind of trying to square peg into a round hole. I feel like uh, when when he's been out there, I think that might be playing a role in in these two games in a row that that haven't been very strong from him. I mean, I don't know. This roster is slowly just deteriorating into nothing. I mean, Kyle Anderson can't play. Mike, did your Josh Minot wish after all just on default? Kyle Anderson was on the anniversary of Glue Girl. Kyle Anderson was glued to the floor, holding his head, and the crowd was very sound because they all respect Kyle and was like, "I hope he's not dead." And someone out of like section 220 just screamed, I'll give you my eyes, Kyle. And if that doesn't sum up this fan base, by the way, uh, I don't know what does. But I mean, yeah, he I was looking at like he did have 11, six and five. And he shot five for seven. But I don't know. I, I, just, I just didn't feel like a Kyle oh, Anderson yeah. game that he was in control. Those two turnovers were kind of killer because the Wolves. Oh, those are bad. Did really storm out of the gate. Um but yeah, I mean, it just kind of all kind of this all is looping into the same thing. It's like they didn't have Kyle. So it's like we literally just have Carl and Rudy to throw at Jokic the whole time. And I, I did. I thought Carl played pretty well. And as you kind of think ahead now, right, to I know you just booked your Delta flight, like game five. Uh, I thought Carl played OK. I thought Carl had a, I guess, OK game three or whatever. But 
I mean, that that that's how they win game five. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, what, what if yeah. you just woke up Wednesday morning? I didn't tell you anything other than, hey, Carl had 37 on, on Tuesday against the Nuggets. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's right. one of those things that's coming up. It's just like, we've we've gotten this far. The odds are still stacked against us. But, like, maybe maybe this team is looser. I mean, I know pregame Finch was, they asked, I think Chris asked him, like, are you playing really loose? Or do you, like, ramp up the intensity even more? And Finch was like, well, obviously, it's the playoffs. Like, if you're not playing intense, mm-hmm. then, I mean, that's kind of on you. And that's... um. But I do wonder if avoiding a sweep, they've avoided a seven-game sweep for the they've never been swept in franchise history in a seven-game series. But if there is a sense of looseness now where depending on how Kyle, if he can play or not, like just let Carl try to shoot you into it, right? You know that down the stretch, second half, fourth quarter, overtime, that like you can just give the ball to Ant and he'll create and he'll make plays. But yeah, I I the Kyle thing was a bummer because he just keeps Everyone on this team just keeps falling, right? Like, it's not necessarily awesome. It's like, hey, we're going to game five. We don't have ja- or Jaden or Nas or Kyle. Uh, I was trying to look through the box. Right? Oh, you know who else was great? You just, I little production meeting here. Dane's just making notes and doing smart stuff. I was pretty against the Austin Rivers minutes in game three. Kind of thought Austin Rivers yeah. was fired tonight. <laughs> like, he hit, I think, maybe just one three. Uh, he had two, yeah, he had two made baskets, but. He kind of gives you what what Nog gives you. He gives you what Mike gives you. He just he just chases guys around. He knows how to play defense. He knows how to make the extra pass, which is what this team needs in Finch's offense. Uh, and he gave he gave Finch a little bit of something when when he didn't have Kyle to throw in there. And yeah. the McLaughlin minutes, I don't know. <laughs> like he played four minutes. It's just it's just not his series. It's not his season. Uh, and the same with Jalen Noel. I mean, Jalen Noel had three missed layups in six seconds. They kind of cemented what his season has been like for for him. Uh, the the one the, the notes I was taking that you told everyone uh, was related related to Carl. Um, a, a theme through the first three games was that Denver won the non Jokic minutes in in all three of those games, and and I thought the problem uh, against that was the Wolves weren't really finding ways to score when Jokic was off the floor and tonight they did. I actually thought Carl did a good job of getting inside and being physical. It was kind of like thunder. They're too small type of uh, offensive energy from Carl, but the defense has also been a problem. They like Denver has not had trouble scoring when, when Jokic has been off the floor. And I believe if these numbers uh, are correct here through four games, the nuggets are a plus 14 with Jokic on the floor in this series and a plus 27 with him off the floor. They won those minutes again uh, in a big way, but kind of tying back to the how do you win game five, and it, I think that would, you know, unloading the one bomb that you haven't yet that the Wolves have left, which is Carl having a big game. I think that's Carl having a big game when Jokic is off the floor, particularly if he's, you know, in foul trouble again, which certainly seems like a possibility. And if you're able to make what should be an obvious win for them when, when Jokic is off the floor happen while like it simultaneously gets Carl going for one of those, you know, 25, 30, 35 point games, I think I think that's that's where you look that first time when Jokic subs off the floor late in the first quarter of, of game five. What are they going to be able to do there? What is Carl going to be able to do there specifically? And I think it's both sides of the ball. I think they let up a little bit when Jokic is out there 
or is off the floor defensively, thinking that Jeff Green and Aaron Gordon and whoever else can't score, but they can. You know, so it needs it needs to be it needs to be both sides of the ball, and you absolutely have to win those minutes. And I think Carl is, and at those times, that's when it's that's his turn, you know, to to really eat. And um, it's been valuable. It was valuable tonight um, when he's just spaced to the corner. I, I think that opens up a, a ton for them. It gets the Rudy rolls happening. It, it allows Ant to be able to get downhill because they have to stay kind of connected to him out there. Uh, but but that's what that's what. Carl's role is in the series you talked about a little bit after the game too of like I just need to do in this series what we need me to do to win and he and you know he hasn't done that throughout the the four games consistently it's a different role for high level success for him than he's ever had before because it's kind of clicking into different modes like Jokic is off the floor like get real aggressive you know go get yours um but at other times be okay with spacing to the corner. And you talked about the end of regulation when Ant kicked the ball and it didn't work there. But you know what? Carl went, spaced to the right corner over there. Yep. And, you know, I think if Murray doesn't kind of like play that in-between double sort of thing and fool Ant a little bit, you get Ant one-on-one against KCP with the game tied 96-96. And they can't load up at the rim against Ant right, because, yeah. because the other... I think it was Gordon on him. Or maybe Gordon was on him for that play. But whoever... No, it was KCP on him. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then so Gordon has to stay home on Carl at the corner. So that's that's your best rim protector. It allows Ant to get downhill. And um, it's not a place that Carl's played very much from. But it's where they need him to play from, at least situationally in this series. And I think I think some some credit to him there, too. We alluded to the the pizza party. Uh, at Carl's house, but uh, Kat talked about that a little bit tonight too. And I think, you know, we haven't done a whole bunch of basketball, basketball stuff. And that's because I think this game was more about like the emotional stuff of like vibes where it, it was like, you know, it's not normally my thing, but it, it, it was. And I, I think this played a role in it. And mentioned that, you know, he went by your house yesterday and just what, what's the conversation like between you two heading into yeah, a game like this? Lot, might as well vlog the shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I just, you know, um, we have a great relationship and we have a great friendship. So um, it's translated to basketball, obviously, but, you know, just um, just connecting, you know, being able to uh, spend time with each other, you know, in the, in the midst of all this, you know, you get so caught up in work that you don't get to uh, enjoy each other's company. So, um great fight yesterday we got to watch together as as, as as friends and as brothers and and then also you know be able to talk about basketball a little bit and watch some basketball uh, i think it translates to today kyle it's uh it's interesting from a carl perspective right of the inevitable that is ant's ascension and you know whether it's now or whenever we want to really put the stamp on it the quote unquote, it's Ant's team or Ant's the guy with the ball late. Like, that's just a fact. Like, that's where this is moving. And I think as a just as a human being that for if you're Carl Anthony Towns and you're a Supermax player and your role in a series, given the fact that you have this 21 year old kid who's up and down, um, being able to let go of some of that and acknowledging that Ant is the best option in those situations is is easier said than done 
And I think Carl's kind of come to grips with that. And I think that matters, you know, that uh, that he's all right with that, even when it does kind of fumble the ball or kick the ball away like he did at the end of regulation. It's the best thing for this team. And uh, I, I think Carl is taking the first steps of navigating that and, and understanding it and seemingly doing it in a uh, in a positive way. I think that matters. I think it really matters. And I think as much as we really let it rip on Friday and said some things that are honest about this roster and about this front office and about what they're staring down the barrel this summer or moving forward of making decisions. And I've been guilty of this too as a frustrated fan, but I, that's why it's also not as easy as just saying trade Carl or right to like just um, picking one person and, and saying that like, I know that at the end of the day, when you lose in five games or whatever, all that really matters, like on basketball reference, we'll say that they lost in five games. They will not say that they had a pizza party at Carl's. Uh, But I think it's important how other, and this is just kind of a comparison around the league, like to see how Carl has embraced Ant and uplifted him. Again, I really just nerd out over the stuff that you here behind the scenes, right? That you hear in the locker room, the way that those guys act. Like, that's kind of why I'm a Finch guy. Still, it's like, and every time he's given an opportunity to kind of blow smoke up his own ass or like pimp himself out, he always goes back to like, Finch, he keeps pushing me. He keeps pushing me. The players like, Finch pushes Ant harder than anyone. And in Carl's case, like, I just don't think anyone really supports Ant as much as Carl does. <laughs> and I, I, again, I know that that stuff is real hard to measure because it's not a stat. It's not a number, but it's also real. I mean, I think those guys came in pregame. You could kind of feel it in the arena. Uh, they were loose. They were intense back to Finch's point, but they were also loose. And some of that might just be, I don't know, man, a 27 year old having all his young teammates over for a fight that they watched a fight that they watched. <laughs> Um, when you're talking about that, I or, or we're talking about Carl in this role, like I, I think a little bit about Paul George and Carl and Paul George are really close. Uh, I just I, I remember I, I talked to I was in the locker room one time a couple days after Paul George hurt his knee, and, and I mentioned it to. Carl, I don't know if they were, they were tied with the Clippers or something in the standings. I was like, oh yeah, and Paul George is out now too, and and he was just kind of you know sharing with me how much those two talk and and all those sort of things. And and now I'm I'm thinking about that as we're talking about this and the role that Carl has. And then I'm thinking about that that comment that he had on JJ Reddick's podcast, Paul George did about mm-hmm. uh, recognizing that he wasn't ever going to win a championship as a number one. And how he had to be a one B or or a two, and I've never asked Carl about you know that part of it specifically, but I mean one just like credit to Paul George for the that recognition and whatever that Clippers team is super weird, (laughs) but like in general, there are only so many number ones at like a really like a one one that could you know, take you somewhere and, and it's okay to not be that Ant might be that, you know, and, and Kawhi is that, and Paul George recognizes that, that there's, there's no, 
there shouldn't be any real shame in that. And as we talk about, you know, future playoff runs down the line or or this roster as constructed magically working, that might be the biggest thing to it all is, is Carl taking on a number two role on a pretty middle of the pack team because that's the best thing for the team. Maybe that's what makes them more than a middle of the pack team. I mean, in so many ways, the times when it does get sticky and it's not all Carl's fault, but it is kind of when they're running through Carl and with the double big look and with what Ant can do on the perimeter that Carl can't, that just might be what they need Carl Anthony Towns uh, to do. And, and in this series, he's been the number two, you know, it's, it's very clearly been Anthony Edwards uh, as the guy. And yes, you want Carl to have that 35 point game in game five. I think you probably need that, but that's the thing is you can still, you can still do that. Paul George does that all the time, but Kawhi still do. And, um, I think some taking some steps in that direction just mentally is is probably, you know, growth for Carl and be a big step uh, moving moving forward for this team. You got any response to that? Or you want me to hit that was break? deep as hell. I just want to let you marinate on that. That was really good. That, I mean, it, it, what we said on Friday, we're about to get really undeep. Kyle made his top 10 no, list of things for the season, which I am going to let him read off. What, what we said on Friday was that I do think the hardest the single hardest thing in building an NBA roster is finding a one. Yeah. There are 30 teams. They all have a one, right? But not everyone has one, like a real one, like you just said. Through six games last year, through five games so far, or through what, four games this this postseason, it's pretty evident to local fans, local media, NBA fans, national media, I mean, not Charles Barkley kind of summed it up after the game, and he was so not into this game, by the way. But he said, Anthony Edwards isn't a star. Anthony Edwards is a superstar. Mm-hmm. And the Wolves have cemented now that they found their one. I also don't think it's that easy to find a two. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what you said about Paul George and his relationship with Carl and, and accepting that and seeing that, it's why I'm not as concerned, or I don't think, you know, I was just kind of looking like, if you throw out game one, which was an absolute ass kicking, it's like, yeah, I know they're down 3-1 and they're going to probably lose the series. But it's like they lose game two by single digits. Game three, I think they had a lead. Like they lose that by single digits tonight. Like it's why I'm not as downtrodden on whatever picks they gave up or the things like this franchise has major, major decisions to figure out. And it might start in 48 hours or 72 hours from now. But it might also not be as bad as you think. It might just be some guys realizing what their yeah. what their true role is on this team. Um we'll we'll have more time to to be able to talk about this series and and this game specifically. It, it very much feels like a for me game. I need to rewatch it type of I game to to understand it. blacked out after yeah. that 12 point lead went away and I was just like holy this is this yeah. is it. Um but uh let, let let's hit our second break here and then uh come back because we were we this we were yeah we were walking home from the game on uh, the Friday game 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 three and you just started rattling off crazy things uh, that that have happened this season. So I texted you today. I'm like, put together a list. Let's. Uh, I was kind of preparing for a season might be over, but I, I still want to talk about it um, because 
this year has been absolutely wild. So we'll grab a break uh, and then I don't even know what we'll call it. Kyle's top 10 things from, from the season. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll hit that again after a, a quick break here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, back again for a final segment with Kyle Tuggy. Uh Kyle, I'll just, uh, I'll, I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know what the assignment I gave you was other than make a list of 10 things uh, from this from this season. Uh, I, I, I don't have a list. I'll, I'll, I'll chime in off of your, uh, whatever you, you put together, but start me off. Give me, give me one. Th- well, how, how did you approach it? How did I approach it? Yeah. Uh, well, I got three hours after game three and then I woke up and I drank 40 beers with Jake Kelly, AKA Jake's graphs on Saturday. And we just tried to build a list of like, what were all the best things that made you laugh during quite possibly the nine toughest months of my life? Like this was this the Timberwolves season was my pregnancy and it was incredibly tough. Um, so a couple honorable mentions really quick, just the way Mike Nori looks at Ant. Like, I just, I think that's awesome. Like there's some real good screenshots of just, he looks at that kid, just like how I look at him through my screen. Walker Kessler's introductory press conference. When he said, thanks, Tim, <laughs> when Tim Connolly was talking about, I think, I think it was talking about Walker Kessler shooting threes or <laughs> something. Um, Rudy Gobert's M&M stage. Remember when he had blonde hair? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Austin These Rivers are all still just honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Austin Rivers Media Day, selfish one. We got to talk about Mighty Ducks. Um, seeing Victor Wimbayana stand next to Rudy Gobert and be way taller than him was hella depressing. Um, Kyle Anderson in transition, just in general. Everyone in transition is always running faster because you're in transition, but Kyle Anderson is somehow running slower. And then obviously the Josh Minot lawnmower interview we had. Um, so again, I'll just, you can kind of chime in whenever you want. I'm just going to. This got to be the for the four people listening to this. I appreciate you. Uh no specific order, but the ten top ten things from this season. Just Nas Reed, sure. Uh that that Jace tweet from that one night where I think you guys were interviewing Nas and Jaden McDaniels of all people walked by and just said Nas Reed as a stone cold killer. 
Uh, Nas Reed, I also kind of can confirm. Nas Reed is in on the Nas Reed joke, as all are all the players, but just Nas Reed in general. How different would this series be, seriously, if you just could throw Nas Reed in there? Yeah, I mean, you talk about the non Jokic minutes, like to get basketball, like that, that, that's the problem in the non Jokic minutes is they just, Denver just switches everything, and the Wolves with the bigs that they have do not have the speed to counter an Aaron Gordon or, or a Jeff Green. I think Nas Reed would be huge in that. Remember pre before the game when Finch even said he's like, they're playing Aaron Gordon at the five, mm. which they didn't do all regular season. I wonder if that would have happened if Nas Reed was playing. That's a good point. Aaron Gordon's not guarding Nas Reed. Yeah, well, or like or if it's Nas and Cat, like yeah. then then how you know how does that that go? But anyway, uh, another one. Uh, stuff, yeah. Just uh, shoveling in general. Uh, obviously, Jake Scraffs had an opportunity to go shovel shovel Carl Anthony Towns' uh, house, but I was looking through my photos. Remember when Alex Rodriguez posted a photo and made it look like he had shoveled his whole driveway, but the shovel still had a sticker on it. That was. <laughs> That was just like a great, great moment. Uh, game 64. What does that mean? That's when Jaden led the team in scoring. They beat the Clippers. Oh, yeah. And Jaden smiled post-game in an interview. <laughs> uh, this one is prob- probably number one, but it's, again, no specific order. It's just a couple weeks ago. When Mike Conley said, we got we to gotta go home and watch more tape. We can't just play Call of Duty. And Carl just walked in and goes, hey, Mike, when are we playing Call of Duty? <laughs> like, that's, so good. And then, by the way, I just want to for the people keeping score at home. This was made before Gorilla Nuts. Gorilla Nuts is number one, I think. On the, I can't wait for the t-shirts for Gorilla Nuts. Um, Kyle Anderson's going through hell quote was actually fire yeah. that one night in Portland. Uh, another one I had was April. So this is, this is one of the 10 best things from this season, but it's actually April 23rd, 1983. <laughs> that was the day Michael Grady was born. Okay. Uh, Michael Grady, who turned the big 4-0 uh on friday or on sunday i know it's monday but uh i just think michael i mean seriously i was talking to grady before the game we kind of loved ben's and he was quirky and he he did all the ant facts but i think michael grady is like really good at this remember when we were talking pregame about some of the guys that do i can't remember the names you're dropping but like that do the local team but they also do national stuff michael grady's gonna be doing national games yeah i was the same man they gotta super max him along with ant and Jaden to real lock soon. him in Long real or, soon uh, or he might he might leave for a glamour market too <laughs> uh the torian prince game against the knicks that was awesome that also had a great grady call uh a little prince shot out there that Jaden ant sequence against the mavs that was just like if that's all that happened this season again i don't think you can like hang gifts as a banner but if you could just gift that one moment um that game of catch between Jaden and russell westbrook Remember that yeah, when they threw, it was kind of like dodgeball slash catch when they were throwing the ball back at each other. Uh, and then really, truly, I mean, the, the thing that will encapsulate this whole season is just fights, right? Kyle and Rudy, Jaden and Concrete, Mo Bamba and Austin yeah. Rivers. Uh, and then just like the things that have come from that, like when Finch has that quote the other day that we're actually all pretty in good moods, even when we're fighting each other. Um, so that was just kind of, I mean, it, it, it's not been as fun of a, a season, obviously as last year with Pat Bev and the scores table and all that stuff. But it was just kind of a, a fun exercise to remind yourself of like all the, I mean, if you have better ones, send them my way. But like, it was just a reminder of like all the shit we've gone through over the last nine months since that Rudy Gobert trade happened. Uh, and it, that's just all fun. That's a fun segment that I hope Dan lets me do every time we do a pod now, but it, I kind of all circles around again to 
the top 10 moments from the season could all be Ant, right? It could all be him making an all-star team. Yeah. And, you know, making an all-star team, but talking about all, all he wants to do is make the playoffs. And at that point, this team didn't look like they were going to make the playoffs. His continual, like, building up of obviously not tonight, but when Jaden missed that three to win the game that one time, and Ant's like, I, I can't wait to pass it to Jaden again. Like, I know he's going to make it. That type of stuff. I mean, I, I said this to you, like, in December, but... You said this is what movies is made of. <laughs> something, yeah, something, something as cliche as that. I just three years from now, when we're all even more sick and degenerates, but like, I wonder if we'll look back at this season as like that season was really tough, but we learned so much about that one kid, and it all kind of like, you know, it was the calm before the storm. I mean, this this season started really bad. You blew up a team that was so well liked and so had so much promise and kind of had all their assets and their players and stuff. And you made a gamble and it didn't work. And that's what we said on Friday. It's like, this experiment has just not worked. But I really thought Ant's quote tonight about the, the Timberwolves putting the right pieces around me to allow me to keep taking these leaps was kind of crazy. Because if if that's what he thinks, I mean, I don't think that. <laughs> but, you know, if they don't make the Gobert trade and Carl gets hurt for 55 games, like, and they don't make the playoffs, what do we think about Ant? Like, what do we, you know, not nah doesn't exist. Yeah, uh, that's all I had. You you ripped through those. I I wish I would. I mean, I don't think I could have put together a better list than than you and uh, you and Jake could have. I mean, it's I I got the question from friends or just like other fans throughout the year of like, oh my god, Dan, is this year been like so brutal to you know to cover? Like, I feel bad for you. And I'm like, what I've said consistently throughout the entire time is like, yo, I've covered some actually bad seasons here and at least just and I, I i don't mean to like take away from the fans because i know it's been like a roller coaster and like your seatbelt hasn't really worked like the, the whole time and you're scared you might just need to actually stop turning your tv on but for me covering a team that every game matters matters a lot to me and like that I, for a lot of my career that, that, that just hasn't been the case. And, and so like, yeah, that leads to frustration and, you know, it leads you to be somber at, at times. But, um, I, I really, I really enjoy the basketball part of this and we've had to like refigure out the basketball of this team. I mean, D'Angelo Russell didn't make your list at all there. Like he was on this team this year. You know, the Carl injury happens and it's been it's been a lot of it's been like the hardest team to prognosticate. But you've kind of had to and Finch has kind of had to like figure out, you know, what are we going to make our identity for these three weeks? Because this is what we got for, for these three weeks. Like Brent Forbes has to play, you know, and Holy shit, I forgot about him. He was he was on this team. Um, and, you know, again, like rough series and even tonight thinking before it's you know it's 3-0 and i'm kind of like oh man if they win this we got to go back to denver and all that but i i am now at the point where it's like playoffs are the expectation right and of course it should be after what you traded but like this should be every year and and you know and and maybe for a few years it is the kg like first round and bounced and everything but um like we're gonna keep doing this. I, I feel I feel pretty confident in saying, like, even if it is just first round series stuff, I think we are going to be covering a playoff team uh 
for years to come. And and maybe that's just as simple as Anthony Edwards is on this team too. And there's going to be a lot of different iterations that that come around him. But uh, now this is this is my expectation for every April. Is you know we're going somewhere around the country and back here and back there and doing the two two one 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 and and seeing what this team can be. And and that's that ties back into the whole like value of the playoffs thing, like wiring us wiring our mentality that way doesn't matter. But for the teams that I've covered that we've covered for so long, um, that has not been baked into their mentality of like, we're a playoff team. It has been a lot of the times where it's like, all right, we are just playing out the string here. And, you know, I'm doing podcast post game about like, well, could Jordan McLaughlin be the backup point guard of the future? I mean, that was, no, he can't. That's what that's what life that's what life has been, you know, covering this team for a lot of the past, you know, five years. And despite all the chaos, like I again, I just personally enjoy and am grateful because it is completely out of my control of whatever the Timberwolves are. I'm just I'm just glad this is gonna be a team that's gonna be, you know, relevant to watch if simultaneously uh frustrating. It's 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 kinda like like growing pains in the sense is what you kind of just described, but you know, like this team was just the same height for year after year after year. And then it's like, they turned 14 and they grew five inches in the summer, right? That you, when you, before social media, like when I would go away for summer vacation, you come back and it's like, John is six foot seven now. Like what the hell? Uh, and it didn't just, you know, so John's arms are way longer and his legs are way longer. It didn't just mean John was all of a sudden great at basketball. But goddamn, did he have a better chance than I did? So I think that's kind of what you're saying. And what I'm saying is like, there's still, it's not like this is the number one franchise you'd want to be <laughs> in the league. But as we were kind of kicking it before the game, if you really, and maybe we will this summer, but like when you make the list of all the teams that actually you wouldn't want to be, the Wolves are moving up that list of, you know, in the last couple of years with Ant and Jaden, their arms have gotten longer. Their, their <laughs> legs have gotten longer. Uh, that doesn't just equate to western conference finals runs uh and it is sad to say and i'm fans of the celtics or the lakers that are listening to this being like wait you guys are amped about just making the playoffs like goddamn right we are (laughs) right so there's still so much to figure out and there's still so much hand-eye coordination for this franchise to navigate this summer (laughs) but they're taller now and i mean to your point really expectations now are you know, playoffs year one or whatever, and then you make it again. And whatever happens with the roster this summer, whatever happens with the pecking order or the coaching staff or the front office or the ownership or the mascot, like there's nothing but expectations again next year to do this and then some, do this and then some, have more chemistry, you know, adjust a piece over here, adjust a backup, you know, shooting guard over there, you know, have Nas Reed have two hands. Like all those things are going to, kind of try to take you to where it's like, okay, now my arms, I know what to do with them. I can dunk the ball. Mm. Uh, so again, and that's, and this is probably my swan song. I mean, unless they go to six or seven, I'm just breaking in the zoom, but uh, it's been, I mean, it, it's been a frustrating year. I relate to the fans more than I relate to really smart people like you and Britt. Um, but I also know that what we're doing now at two 30 in the morning on a Monday morning is like, I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I wouldn't trade being that atmosphere tonight 
before the the blown lead and then in overtime when they got the lead back. That stuff is that's why I was I tell people if you can get a ticket, just go once. If this, well, this kid's on the team. I don't know how long Ant's going to be around, whatever. But like when he's on the team, go watch him. Be- the playoffs, yeah, yeah. But I mean, just in general, like this kid is box office. Go, go check this kid out because uh, talking about the Timberwolves, man, is still way more fun than like my nine to five of working in cancer, right? Or, or what what teachers have to go through, or accounts and taxes, and like you and I wouldn't trade what we're doing now for anything in the world. And it's been a hell of frustrating season, and I am truly indebted to everyone that for some reason listens to me and supports us and supports this pod and supports what I'm doing with Phil. Uh, but I'm pretty excited. I, I saw some stuff this weekend from Anthony Edwards, especially over these last three games. Now he's shooting 45% from three. He's averaging like 37 points. You know, he's getting to the line. He's doing everything you want. Averaging one turnover a game. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think I would have told Dane more a week ago. I'm really excited for next year. Unless someone told me Josh Minot was going to start. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty excited to see what this team does this summer. And to see, like you said, expectations are raised now. No more tankathon. No more, you know, 18 and 59 seasons. Uh, the bar has been raised and has raised that bar. And now it's kind of time to see. Well, it's not even like game six or game five. Like, I, I'm excited for you to go well, to game you, five. And you started you started doing the the thank yous thing. I, I wore all I, black I, tonight. I, Literally, I tried to like I have black underwear on. I have black like everything. I was like, this was a funeral. I'm ready for it to be done. And. If nothing sums up 2022-23 Minnesota Timberwolves better than tonight, right? You guys can just lose and we'll all go home. And they're like, psych, we're going to win. And I will just say this. Let me be optimistic. Talking to the Denver people after the game, like hearing some of the post-game stuff from Jokic and Malone, that Nuggets team was not amped about having to go play game five. Those Denver media folks are not amped about having to play this broken roster frustrating they all fight each other team that just won't go away and if i'm a, the nuggets are minus 10,000 to win this series but like tuesday's kind of a must win for the denver nuggets because you do not want to have that thing go back to game 6 cuz the pendulum will swing you know jokic is he a playoff guy is going to swing and the wolves have 48 more minutes to really make this uh, interesting series and if you know Ant's going to bring it every night now if you get a game from Carl you get a game from Mike you get a game from Rudy you get a game from Josh uh, <laughs> Wolves in seven uh, it uh, I want to say thank you to to you too I, I mean Kyle Kyle does a lot more with this podcast than any of you guys listening know he runs like all my business stuff uh, on, on the back end too and I know you're going to uh, this is why I always think it's stupid what I do. I like thank yous thing at the end because I'm this like, this is my funeral now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is Kyle's funeral. Yeah, put your black jacket back on. Uh, no, but um, we are going to continue to be doing the podcast a lot, and Kyle will be on uh, a lot through through the off season because honestly, that's kind of some of the time to do the best podcasting. Uh, but it's been awesome to to have you on every Friday and a bunch of extra little things here and there. Uh, you are like a or the voice of uh of the Timberwolves fans in this and uh I, I love like the 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 mix of of the people who've come onto this pod uh all year and again we're gonna continue doing this. The season isn't over. I'll record with Chris and Jace and uh whoever when when we're out in Denver uh this week and we'll we'll do that more too. But it's uh 
I guess it's my show, but it works because uh, all of all of you guys uh, agreed to you know have this be be part of your gig too, and obviously because so many of you do listen. So this has been awesome. Uh, I think a lot of people love the Kyle Pods, and these ones are particularly not literally drunk, but kind of drunk because it is it is two thirty uh, in the morning here, and echoing everything you said too. Uh, I can't actually complain about needing to go back to Denver to to watch the Wolves play uh, a playoff game. Uh, I'm I'm pretty lucky. We're pretty lucky to be able to do this. And you know, on behalf of Kyle, just we both want to say thank you for making this be allowing this to be something that uh, we can do for a job. So uh, I'm going to go to Denver tomorrow, and I'm going to figure out a podcasting schedule uh, tomorrow. I'm not going to think about it now, but we will continue to. Uh, make this happen, whether it's game five, six, seven, if that keeps going, or we'll have exit interviews and we'll start reflecting on this team from a kind of off-season recap in the season standpoint. So a lot more to still come uh, from this pod, but big shout out to to Kyle uh, for doing this here. You, you want to say something? One last time. Nikhil Alexander Walker has gorilla nuts. Uh, this has been the Dane Moore NBA podcast. Uh, he's, he's Kyle Tige. You can uh, follow him on Twitter uh, at Kyle Tige. You can listen to him uh, over uh, at Score North on, on Flagrant Howls. And I will be back to talk to you on Monday or Tuesday or something uh, with Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. And we'll keep, uh, we will keep talking about this team until they are quite literally done and dead in the water, uh, which they're not right now. Uh, we're, we're back to Denver and as Ant said, actually, you know, let's let's close it. Let's close it on this this clip. And at the end of game three in the locker room, couldn't help but notice you were sitting in your locker, kind of looking at yourself in the mirror, quiet. What, what were you telling yourself in that moment to kind of galvanize yourself for a game like this tonight? Uh, I can't get swept. Yeah, I can't. It can't be a, a, a great story if I say I got swept. So, um, you know, I just, I was telling myself that. I, I, I went to Cat House, I think, the next day and was talking to Cat. Like I said, man, he did a great job tonight being in a high wall, just being a presence. And, you know, he's he's the reason, one of the reasons we won the game. Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that that's that's the key uh, in uh, in game five on on Tuesday. We'll uh, we'll see what happens. They did avoid getting swept. Uh, to be determined. Again, he's Kyle. I'm Dane. Uh, until Monday with Chris. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you're dancing like nobody else around, yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.